Hi, this is Katrina. And this is Christina. And welcome to Kingdom Kinesis. We are a movement, and our goal is to inspire women to move beyond their potential and shift into active pursuit of kingdom assignments by connecting them with resources and information to help them do so. Our name, Kingdom Kinesis, translates to Kingdom Movement. Potential energy is stored, and kinetic energy is energy that's in motion, hence the name Kingdom Kinesis. You can also join us live on our Facebook page, Sundays, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, please enjoy the show. Hi, we are live. Hi, everyone. Katrina and Charlene, thanks so Hi. much for joining us today. Okay, so um, we're going to get started. I want to make sure that we have a few people in the room. So I want to make sure that we uh, share this out so people can see. Just give me just a moment. Mm. There we go. Perfect. Okay. We are live. So, okay. Welcome, ladies, to Kingdom Kinesis, where we inspire women to shift past their potential into active pursuit of their kingdom assignment. You can catch us Wednesday. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time live right here in our Facebook page. Tonight, we have a special guest for our first segment of Kingdom Kinesis, All Things Are Possible motivational series. Right. And we have an amazing guest joining us tonight. Yeah, we certainly do, Christina. Tonight's guest is professor, legal scholar, FBI Citizen Academy member, domestic violence, human trafficking expert, wife, mother, crafter, Charlene Graham Bolts. Charlene, welcome once again to Kingdom Kinesis. Thank you for joining oh, us tonight. Thank you so much, Christina, <laughs> Katrina. I am so happy to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get this party started. So without further ado, please tell our audience about yourself and the series of events that led you to, to what eventually, you know, uh, became the greatest testimony of your life. Sure. Uh, I'm originally from New Jersey, uh, went to Brown University for college and the University of Michigan for law school. Um, I have been a lawyer for 35 years now. Uh, started out as a trial attorney uh, for the federal government, then went to private practice in New Orleans. Um, and then after that, around 1991, I landed my teaching job. Uh, there I became the first African-American woman to receive tenure at the law school. Um, I served as the associate dean for a number of years and was the first African-American to serve in the administration of the law school at that time. So series of firsts. Um, I had two children. Um, my oldest child, Lindsay Lassiter, uh, she was a... Uh, elementary school teacher in Dallas. She passed away suddenly uh, almost three years ago. And my youngest son, uh, Ellery, he is graduating from college. Uh, wow. 
in Pennsylvania and getting ready to start his life. Um, <laughs> right. So that, that I think is what brought me here today. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of firsts, some good, some bad. Um, and, but I, I think probably the, the, the event in my life that has brought the greatest amount of clarity is losing my firstborn. And that was Lindsay. Right, right. And so, I mean, you have a lot of firsts. You've accomplished a lot of things so far in your life. And you continue to accomplish more even now since Lindsay has, you know, transitioned. So let's let's talk about that. I mean, how do you continue to pursue these kingdom assignments and purpose? Um, I, know, I know your faith is very integral to your life in general, to all aspects of your life. So how did you continue to move forward during those uh, times of lack, you know, loss, anger, frustration? How did you manage to keep your sanity and to move forward? Well, I have to tell you the truth. I have a rate a relationship with God that might cause other people to blush. <laughs> oh wow! Being that I don't hold back, um, my Lord and Savior and I have very open, honest conversations, and some of them are not pleasant. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'll tell you the truth. Um, you know, even when life has brought me to my knees, it I have to trust that God has me, that God knows why this is happening, that God knows what I am supposed to do with this in my life and how I am supposed to continue to be a mother, um, to still, you know, do my job as a teacher, but also how to, you know, be a wife, how to be a friend, how to be an advocate. You know, I, I have always felt that, and my father taught me this, um, that you know, all of our lives have purpose. And you know, to be honest, I'm still trying to figure out what all that purpose is, but I don't believe that there are any coincidences in life. I feel that that's, it's God. And sometimes he comes with a silent voice and other times he comes in like a two by four. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all can. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that before, definitely. Um, I want to address something you just said, uh, Charlene. You said that he 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 knows what you're supposed to do with it. You know, and and in that statement, there is an implication that things aren't random and they happen for some reason, of course, but not only for a reason, but for a a lesson. And there's something that we can get out of tragedy, just as we can get things out of good, that we can actually make something else out of or somehow affect change in the world. What did that look like for you? How did you do that? How did you reach that conclusion? Because that takes a, a lot of maturity to get there. You come to the end of yourself. You mm. recognize that there's only so much that you can do and you need God to make a way. Um, and God has shown me a number of times in a number of ways, you know, I, this, my current marriage is my second marriage. Um, my first marriage was rather abusive. Mm -hmm. And when, and my children were only one in three, when God basically said, are you willing to do it my way now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to be willing to leave with my babies. Right. And in trust that this would all work out. 
um, it was not easy. And it's in some circles notorious uh, how I got through uh, that whole divorce experience and you know, separating from someone who was very abusive and controlling toward me. Um, but I did not end up in the ER before God got my attention. Amen. Um, it was close enough that, you know, when I reached that moment and I said, you know, what am I supposed to do with this? What do you want me to do? And it was to be brave enough to tell the truth, mm. be brave enough to talk about your experience, that there is no shame in the game of struggle and perseverance, sometimes success, sometimes failure. And just to be willing to be transparent and honest about that is what I, I feel as if God wanted me to do. And I, and I feel that way with Lindsay's passing as well. I mean, I had a wonderful relationship with my daughter, spoke to her almost every other day. Um, and if not every day, sometimes or multiple times a day, you know, I spoke to her the day before she died. Her brother spoke to her. We had just seen her a week before. All she said to us is I'm feeling a little tired and she died in her sleep that night. And it was, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not totally, I'm not healed. You know, I have a hole in my heart the size of my daughter. Yeah. But when I got to Texas to bring her home and I went before my father and I said, I can't get through this without you. And God showed up, showed up in so many ways. A friend who flew in from Florida to hold my hand, the officer who found my child, uh, you know, having passed away in her apartment to the, to the, the church. My daughter was a member of the Potter's house. And the pastors there surrounded me in prayer. Her friends met me before I left. I mean, God showed up. Wow. And I have to believe that that was part of that experience, was for me to just be willing to show my heart as broken and as crushed. I was angry. I was sad. I was I felt lonely. I felt it all. And some days I still feel it all. Right. But it's the willingness to be transparent. I have good days. I have bad days. Right. But I trust that God knows why. I know that she is okay. And I know that there is a plan for myself and Ellery and others who experienced my daughter. Wow. That's powerful. Um, and you kind of segue that into my next question. They always say that um, God doesn't give us more than what we can handle. And one of your comments was sometimes he comes at you at a two with a two by four, which is like, wow, kind of like my life. But as you're approaching God, you know, and you're disappointed and you feel betrayed and you feel hurt, how did you approach God with all of those different emotions and knowing how you felt about things? You know, you said like some of those, sometimes those conversations with God were not pleasant. They were not nice. Can you kind of just go a little bit deeper with 
um, what that may have looked like for you. Because I can imagine if you feel in all of that, you know, some of the conversations with God is probably not very nice. It's like, okay, God, what are you doing? I'm, I'm very upset. What, are you, what have you done? What is your plan? I don't want to talk to you today. I mean, let's take it a little bit deeper as far as what that, what some of those conversations looked like. Well, you know, I'll tell you that I grew up in Jersey. Okay. So, you know, the unsaved self uh, can use expletives like a sailor <laughs> and conjugate them into, into different tenses if I need to. So, you know, I had to be real. I had to know that God knew me, he made me, and he could handle this. Mm. And I was not happy. And and I had to say, you know, this is not working for me. <laughs> I don't know what your plan is, but you need to make it clear that this system exists. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have served you. I have stood, you know, I have done so much I that I thought that I was born to do because of my relationship and you're going to do this to me what and and you know and i have friends who are you know very faith-filled were very shocked and taken aback that i would be so plain and honest but i figure hey if the scripture says that god knows every hair on my head then he can handle what i'm feeling right now and what i'm about to say <laughs> He knows what's in your heart. He knows how you feel, you know? And he can't be surprised. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know? And so I, if I was going to survive it, and that doesn't mean I didn't seek help, you know? I did use, you know, I, I use a grief counselor just to check in with myself, right. right? Because I'm not so arrogant to think that I've got it all together. But at the same time, you know, I needed to be very honest with God that this is not working. <laughs> and and you need to help me out. You either need to send somebody to me or give me divine revelation, one or the other. Hmm. Okay. That that makes sense. Um, so out of all of this, you know, you know, dealing with your loss and dealing with your um divorce and just kind of, you know, trying to figure out what your next steps are in life. What's one of the greatest lessons that you've learned um, as a Christian woman from all of these different trials? That the timetable when I think things should happen is not necessarily what God's timetable is. This is true. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I've had lots of, in my life, I've had lots of dreams and revelations of where I think I'm supposed to be going. And then of course I want it yesterday. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> right. But then God says, you know, you're not ready yet. Mm -hmm. Or God will do something that will reveal to me. Yes, you did understand what I was trying to show you, but, I, but I, I need to, put a few more things together before I get you there. You know, other other pieces of the puzzle. You know, maybe my current husband needs to be in a better place mm -hmm. for me to step into what God has for me, right? And so God's gonna take, he's gonna hold me still while he's doing a work in his life, right? 
Same thing for my son. You know, I might have a timetable of when my son is supposed to progress in certain levels. But honestly, as much as people are fearful about COVID, I kind of feel like this is God sitting us all down. We've talked about that. Some other things worked out. Everybody has to take a pause. Everybody has to be still. And for those of us who claim that we believe, we have to be still and know that however this turns out, God still got us. Amen. Amen. So how does that translate for you? Because, you know, you shared so much with us with regards to some of the things, uh, the disappointments in life and the hurts in life. What propels you to continue to dream and to pursue goals and to even have them? Because some people just shut down. They're like, I'm done. This, done. this happened. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm good until he calls me home. You know, that's yeah. not your spirit. I've known you for what, like three, 10 years. I had the privilege of being um, one of your students in law school. And, and I know you personally as a good friend and mentor. Uh, so and, and you just, you don't stop. There's always a cause. There's always some advocacy going on. There's always a passion that's driving you and propelling you to the next thing. Where does that come from? What is it? Why haven't you just said, you know what? I'm good where I am. I quit. quit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, I don't do pity parties well. I know you don't. (laughs) Perhaps I'm a little hard-headed and stubborn. But I have to be willing to go down when I need to go down. Mm. but I'm probably too stubborn to stay down. Mm. Right. I mean, I, I have to be true about myself. You know, this is, it it can be a blessing and a curse, (laughs) but I just don't stay down very long without trying to figure out the plan. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Trust me, my, my family unfortunately knows this, Something bad happens, and I'm like, okay, be in your feelings, and when you're done, let's talk. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what What do you need? Be upset. I'll call you later, <laughs> and we'll figure something out, right? Well, but when, when I lost Lindsay, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still in that process. And honestly, what caused me to apply for my sabbatical was that I knew I needed a change. I needed to step away. I needed to allow for space for God to talk to me. And I could not provide the space I needed to provide while I'm still teaching and mentoring and covering this committee and leading this task force and everything else, I needed to have the space. And God has given me certain creative gifts to write and to paint and make cards and scrapbooks and do all kinds of fun things, but I know it's for a reason. And I have to give that space for God to have my undivided attention. And so, you know, I'm not saying that I'm always going to have a plan. I'm, I can't tell you I have a plan necessarily right now. You know, what I do know is June 2nd, my sabbatical begins. <laughs> <laughs> plan or no plan, right? <laughs> COVID or no COVID, <laughs> you know? 
I hand in my last set of final exams grades and and I'm out for a year. That's it. That's it. You know, and I wanted to find a nice mountain cabin that I could disappear in for for, you know, some time. But, you know, I'm I'm trusting God to know that he knows what I need. He knows I'm trying to make space for things to flow through me, the books and the projects that I feel that he has put on my heart. And I'm trying to make space for us to have some one-on-one dialogue. And I also want space for me to be able to break down Mm. because I have moments when I break down, I have moments when I am on the floor because I just can't handle the pain. Uh So I know that I'm not done processing it, but I know it's in layers and I have to give God the space to dig into some layers. That's good. It, I, you know, what's amazing to me as I listen to you is that this really gets back to the identity of the Christian. If you really understand your identity, you understand that one, there's this innate drive to, to be who God created you to be no matter what, even mm-hmm. in the midst of pain. You know, we see that with David. We see that with Joseph. Joseph had so many uh, unfortunate circumstances, a lot of uh, things that were unfair and unfair and he couldn't help but use his gifts. He couldn't help but be who God created him to be any anyway. And during those moments, you know, he, he definitely had some time to reflect because he often found himself isolated. He may have been around other prisoners, but nonetheless, he didn't have that freedom to come and go as he, as he pleased. Um, and so this really sounds as if you have a good identity and a great relationship with the father where you know him for yourself. It's just this knowing where we say, you know, I know God for myself, you know, but we're, you know, what other people have said, we've heard our grandparents and our parents say, but you really don't know him for yourself. Mm-mm. So and yeah, that is the key. That's good. That's good. That is the key. Cause I've, I've had my job moments. <laughs> Lord knows, you know, losing my children, you know, I've lost money. I mean, I've had all kinds of craziness happen in my life. And, and I think it's those moments that have taught me, I'm not going to hide myself from you. You you, got to know how I feel. You got to know where I'm confused or angry or whatever it is. And you need to know how to speak to me because you made me. So here I am. How does it going to work out? love that conversation though, because it's real, it's raw and it's real and it's personal. So I love that. I love having that, you know, conversation, the fact that you can just go as you are and just, you know, again, again, have this space with him and say, okay, look, this is what's going on today. <laughs> such and such and such did this. You probably already know, but I'm telling you how I feel about it. <laughs> you know, it's just, but you have to give him that space. So that's amazing. I mean, I love having that conversation and thinking about that because I, going back to that whole motivational, you know, this being motivational series, you know, we always keep talking and then Katrina says this all the time, go back to the beginning, go back yeah. to the basics. <laughs> yeah. You know, we say every, every week, every time we talk, go back to the basics and that's making time for God, making space for him, listening to him. And yeah, that's, that's absolutely. And when people get on your last good nerve, <laughs> you know, there are times when you need to say, okay, I know they wanted your children, but you know, you need to give me the words. <laughs> Because what I'm about to say <laughs> is not coming from you. <laughs> okay. This is this is 
you know, what we believe at Kingdom Kinesis, right? So you partner with God, you partner with yourself, and you partner with community to get things done. And you partner with God a lot. That is that is how it seems that you've gotten through your partnership with him because you always go back and you acknowledge that I can't do this without you. Or you're going to have to at least give me the approach or I'm noticing that I need to retool this approach. Um, so I think one of the, the one of the things I remember um, learning from you back when I was a student at Chase was that uh, you told me I, don't, I, I was in your office talking about something. I was always in there crying. You know that. Um, I oh my god life is so horrible i hate law school i finished but anyway thank you for your patience with me by the way. <laughs> love you love you love you but um you know you said katrina i just started giving god my to-do list like i just stopped trying to to to, to figure it all out finish it all up in the day because i couldn't control life i couldn't control what's going on or what, what was going to happen that day so i just learned to hand it over to him I just always thought about that because he knows the time frame for everything. And he knows what, what has to be done, what needs to be done, and when it needs to be done. And that takes the burden and the pressure off of us. So that partnering with God has been integral to your life. And I've watched it play, play out and I've seen it play out. And I'm doing, you know, the best I can to make sure I, I follow that example because it truly, it, it truly makes a difference. I appreciate you saying that because, you know, there are t days when, you know, you will know, I mean, my my ex-husband was a very special person yes and you know would would serve me have a process server serve me right before i would walk into a class yeah each yeah you know just to kind of throw me off and if it weren't for my relationship when i could go you see this right <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you take care of this class right now? And then honestly, there would be days where things would come out of my mouth. I was like, ooh, that was really good. Can I write that down? <laughs> Remember that the next time. <laughs> you know, I knew that God had taken over, right? It's like, I, I just don't know what to say or how to handle this. Right. So it's I, it's th through those experiences that you learn to to trust. Right. Even right. when it's not working out so well. Right. Right. Good. Chris, That's were you good. about to say something or? No, you can go, you can go on with your next question. I'm just in awe right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're, I think we're about to wrap up soon. And so I, I really want to ask you, Char, how would you encourage women who, you know, have lost a loved one, um, lost their job? their hope during this time, or even before COVID-19, how would you like to encourage, or how would you encourage them? What final thoughts, anything that you would like to leave with them? Sure. I, I mean, I will tell you the one story in the Bible that has helped me the most in these similar moments was the story in 2 Kings of the widow who her husband had died, she had her children, and she had a lot of debts. And she was about to sell all of her children into slavery in order to take care of those debts. And she went to the prophet Elijah and Elijah said to her, what do you have in your hand? And use that. And she said, all I have is this pot and a little bit of oil. And he said, go into your house, gather everybody pot that you can grab, borrow a couple, go into your house and pray and start pouring the oil. And the oil 
started pouring, it filled all of the pots. And then she went back to Elijah. She said, so now what am I supposed to do? And Elijah said, so sell the oil, pay off your debt and you and your children go on. And that story is, has sustained me because it makes me realize that there are things that God has put in my hands, Mm. gifts, talents, and abilities that all I need to do is figure out how I'm going to maximize them. Mm. Time period is totally an opportunity like that. The level of creativity, people figuring out how to use Instagram, Facebook Live, using Zoom, learning how to sew out of their homes, making masks. I mean, the level of people having to figure out what is in their own hands is incredible. And you have to know God is in the middle of that. And when you get one of these moments when you've lost someone, you've lost a job, you're losing hope, you have to go, what did you put inside of me? Right that I'm supposed to be able to use. You know, I had to do that when Lindsay died, right? Because I had to get myself together, you know, go down to Texas. My husband was in Chicago, you know, some, it was nothing but the Lord. I called a girlfriend in Florida. She arranged the flight. We ended up picking him up, going to Dallas. She met me, you know, The detective was fantastic. The ME was fantastic. The church was open. It had to be God. Mm -hmm. And and in though when you when you're facing that, because I I could not, my daughter is my heart. Mm -hmm. My son has what, you know, my children, my babies are my heart. And not the the realization of not having her for the rest of my life was too much. And so you have to know what's inside of you. And what was inside of me was knowing how to pick up some phones to call some folks. Right. And God would tap them. So that's what you do in this moment. You realize that you are that woman, that widow, with your jar and a little bit of oil. And you go and you go, okay, let me start filling some jars. You know, when I used to advocate for domestic violence women, and they would say, you know, I don't have any gifts. And I would say, can you sew? Like with the needle and thread? Sure. Well, let's go to the interior decoration uh, stores and see what samples of fabric they're about to throw out. So you get it for free. And then you cut it up and you sew yourself a quilt. And then you go over to Trader Joe, Trader Mart or wherever it is. And then you sell that quilt. And see. Right. You right. Know? I mean, you have to figure out what's within you. Wow, that that's you can develop. Right. And there's no shame in that. There's absolutely zero shame in that. Mm-hmm. That's good. And you discover well, stuff you didn't know you had. That's good. I, I'm going to have to do this on the replay. I'm going to have to listen to that again because that, that, that touched me all up in here. Uh, we are at our 30-minute mark. So, um, Professor Charlene, I want to thank you so, so much for sharing your testimony. And I think that there's a lot more we could talk about. So we're going to have to bring you back on. I would um, love to. That so That's a whole nother podcast in itself. <laughs> um, I really appreciate yeah. your transparency and your encouragement. Uh, you are a testament of all things that are possible through Christ. 
who yeah. strengthens us and we uh, will pray for your continued strength and we'll, we'll see you again. That's like, that's what we're going to do. So <laughs> thank you guys so much. This was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, join us this coming Sunday, April 19th. We will be speaking with entrepreneur, wife, mother, Mickey Hawkins about pivoting your business. Um, practice doing an expected economic shift. So, you know, no one thought we'd be in this type of uh, situation with COVID-19, however we are. And if you're an entrepreneur, you need to really consider how to pivot your business as she has done with hers. So until then, remember you are essential to the kingdom of God. Stay on the move. Good night. Good night. Good night.